0: Welcome to Theory Paranormal, episode podcast number nine. This is going to be on the subject of I hear things, I see things, I feel things, I experience things via the paranormal. And also towards the end of the podcast, uh, a little bit more about the moon. So as always, welcome back, Mr. Dalton. Hope you uh, had a uh, okay time at this wonderful thing we call life since the last time we spoke.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's busy, busy, busy,
0: (laughs) (laughs) the things that make the world go round. So that's for sure. So, uh, as you heard in the intro and as we already kind of talked about previously, uh, this podcast is going to focus on experiences that me and you have had. Um, I know for a lot of our listeners that are out there and, and, Individuals that have emailed us and and hit us up on social media and so forth. Uh, A lot of people are interested in finding out uh, from our perspective what exactly is an experience like uh, interacting with the paranormal world. Um, Everybody sees things on TV and they know uh, for the most part it's for entertainment value, hence entertainment. But... A lot of people have been interested in asking us point blank, hey, what's it really like? Uh, How does it work? What's the experiences like? How did you react or feel when and if you saw something, felt something, heard something, um, saw something happen to another individual in any way, shape, or form? Was it surreal did it seem fake? Was it like a dream? How, how was it? So with that, we're going to uh, impart some of our experiences to let uh, the listeners out there uh, take a little bit of, of our perspective of how we got to be up close and personal with uh, the paranormal world. So I think what we'll do... Uh, for this first portion, if uh, if you think about it, Dalton, what's the uh, the biggest thing you always see in all these TV shows everywhere and stuff? What are they always trying to trying to do? What are they trying to always capture on video?
1: Well, a lot of the the real shows that I like are the ones that try to debunk stuff first. Let's just get that out of the way. That you know, yes, they're for entertainment purposes, but also there is some legit reality to what they're doing. So, but they're always trying to capture some kind of movement. Movement, shadows, you know, apparitions, full-colored apparitions, things that, you know, you can basically say it's indisputable evidence, if that's where you're going with that. I believe they're just trying to catch the indisputable evidence, the stuff that you can't deny that, hey, that was right there, or that moved, or that door opened, or that glass fell off the table, or whatever. Pretty much they're always trying to catch that kind of evidence.
0: Right, so you're getting at right now, things that you can see visually, right? From what you're saying,
1: pretty much, yeah. You can you can see visually uh, whether you, whether you can see it, smell it, hear it, or actually feel it. So okay, you have all those in play.
0: All right. So with uh, that being said, we'll open the uh, the door and we'll talk a little bit about things we've seen visually. Um. Right. Now, now, keep in mind, uh, as me and you both know, and, and uh, this is for everybody listening, as, as far as it goes, everybody is unique and different in their own way. And what one person may interpret or see, the person right next to them to the right or a person right next to them to their left may not interpret or see anything at all or hear or feel. So it's, it's a very mixed bag of everybody's unique experiences. Um, you may hear some opinions or, or theories that me and Dalton may express today, uh, but by no way, shape, or form is this the status quo of what is normal or what is always expected if you ever go out and do a investigation or look into the paranormal or, or have personal experiences. Everybody's different is what I'm getting at. So it's 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 varied. Um
1: and we go out we go out on investigations, man, and sometimes we get nothing, sometimes we get something. Um
0: it's kind of like fishing. And I've
1: said this before. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always like fishing, but it's like I said before, these guys are on location for, you know, 7, 10, 12 days, two weeks, whatever.
0: You're right, And then they take all the you're talking about the people that are in the entertainment side of the world for paranormal that are doing stuff.
1: This, yeah. The shows, what I'm talking about, the shows. Okay. So when you, when you watch, what I'm trying to say is when you watch one of the shows, it's not like they just went in there and bam, all that stuff happened. You know, sometimes it does happen that way. Sometimes you can go on to a location and, and the evidence starts right away. I mean, it does happen like in the daytime, like when we're doing like base readings and stuff before we go in at night and investigate. So we might get evidence, uh, sounds, feels, smells, whatever, during the daytime while we're setting up or while we're doing our base readings, but um, people got to understand that these, these shows, um, they make it out like, because I've had some people ask me, like, so the shows, man, they film the show and look at all the stuff that happened. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's them staying there for a week or two filming the show. And then they took, whatever evidence they caught in that time and put it together into a show. It's, it's not like all the time that you walk on to a location spot that, you know, is active right away. So, but anyway, what I'm getting at is a lot of these shows, they are, they're on location for a while. And so it's the same way with us. When we go do investigations that we go to a location or a spot, man, it might, we might get set up at seven, eight o'clock at night. And then, Nothing happens till one or two o'clock in the morning. And then from one or two in the morning till four or five in the morning, we got stuff going off left and right. So, you know, you know how that goes, man.
0: Yeah. As far as it goes with that, you know, it's you get excited you get pumped up. You get into there, you know, wherever you can investigate. And then it's just like nothing. <laughs> and you're hoping and and it's just like, let's do this. And it's nothing. and then You're just like, OK. And then other times you're like, oh, it's been a slow night. And then you review all the footage or evidence and you're just like, wow, I had no idea that it was going to be this active because you might utilize things, you know, devices, you know, K2 meters or millimeters meters or radios or REM pods, amps, you know, ion generators, you name it, tons of stuff. And they may be just nothing, but your EVPs are off the chart. And unless you have one that automatically rewinds and plays after you ask a question, you're not going to know until you review all your stuff. So, um, but as I said earlier, let's, let's focus on things that you've seen in any investigation or even not an investigation. What type of things have, uh, have you experienced visually? And if you can kind of paint the picture of where you may have been or what was going on at the time, not too in depth, but just a little bit, a little bit of a snapshot.
1: Well, there's a few. There's a bunch of good things. I mean, there's. Uh, I don't know what it is about with me and you. Investigate. We always pull something crazy out of the woodwork. It always comes out and shows itself. You know, it was one time at uh, St. Albans Penitentiary, up in uh, Virginia, and we were investigating. I was investigating with certain people, and we were down in I forget what you. They keep the killers in the, and and it was a woman's area where they kept the women. And so in the Southern investigator and a female investigator, cause she wanted to go down into that area. And so she was walking in front of us and we were getting some K2 hits and stuff like that, you know, few EVPs, you know, little, little things. And so we were walking out of that area. And so like this, this, this area where this is, they have like a, a lady nurse or a guard that sits at the end. And it's just like a straight hallway full of doors where all the rooms are. And what they do is like, they'll let them out. Like, so they, the guards, cause a couple of the, like a couple of them got to some of the female nurses and actually killed them in that area. They open the doors and they let them wander around inside that room. And then they, somehow get them back into their rooms and lock the doors or whatever. But anyway, so we was walking down the hall towards the nurse's station or guard shack, whatever you want to call it. And this chick was walking in front of us and she had long red hair and she had said something sarcastic about the women in this area. And, uh, lo and behold, man, I'm, I just happened to be looking at the back of her head and you see her hair get pushed in and then the bottom part of it flipped up like as if what happened was somebody smacked her in the back of the head <laughs> that's what happened and she was like wow what what the heck you know what was that and I was like I know I've seen your hair push in and the and the tail end of your hair kind of flip up if you can understand what I'm trying to say there Oh, and com- so
0: completely, I do.
1: Yeah. So basically, she said something sarcastic, and an entity smacked her in the back of the head. So I thought it was pretty funny myself, but it was no. And I mean, her, I, if I remember right, the guy walking with me, that was her boyfriend. And we both kind of giggled, like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. You, you got what you deserve, basically. But it, it didn't really hurt her. It's, it scared her a little bit because now you have an entity actually smacking you or touching you, you know, it's, it's to her, I believe it was pretty startling. Uh, it was an experience that she never experienced before. At, you know, she's, she honestly, we went back up to the top and took her outside. She had to sit outside for a while and get some fresh air, but basically said she's never had that situation happen to her before. So she was really for the rest of the time, we were there investigating. She was pretty nervous, man. After that, it's just like she was on her toes all the way through the rest of the investigation.
0: Hmm, ain't that interesting? Yeah. I, I commented on this once before, but I once saw, I was in a car driving at night, and uh, it was all, I guess you could say, kind of uh, a lot of precipitation and kind of cloudy, smoky, you know, late at night and stuff. Dewish. And off in the distance, you saw what looked like reddish and blue and orange uh, lights, but you couldn't make it out because everything was all foggy. And I was driving in the car with someone, and uh, we were heading cross-country on an interstate out in the middle of nowhere. And last second, out of the corner of my eye, walking down the shoulder towards the vehicle I was in the right lane, uh, saw this person, looked like they were wearing a trench coat, just walking on by the car. And that last instantaneous second, right as they were right next to my front right quarter panel, I looked up and looked to see them. And I saw a silhouette of a person, uh, but I was seeing through them. And when I went to look at where their face was, there wasn't a face. It was like all shadowy and everything. And then... Uh, nice. Not even a quarter mile down the road, we finally got next to where the lights were, and there was a major accident with the car flipped over, it looked like it was on fire. And, uh, you know, <laughs> take it for what you want. You're driving late at night and just out of nowhere, that just happens all in a split second. I mean, from the time I saw whatever that was to the time I got to uh, where the accident was, parallel to that and on, we're not even talking a minute max. So, that was my one of my first experiences seeing something physical with my eyes that I thought was uh, pretty interesting.
1: That is interesting because pretty much what you're saying is the person that perished in that vehicle was walking down the road. <laughs> That's what Pe- you're getting at.
0: Potentially, maybe. I mean, there's no way. Obviously, I I can't put a, a read on it to say, but the fact that that just happened to happen, and then you know, happen upon a. Unfortunately, a disastrous accident that happened. Um, you know, if it was just a person walking by the side of the road, no rhyme or reason, no cars around and there's nothing around, sure, you know, that would probably be really, really strange. But just to have both of those together. So it's one of those moments Yeah, it's kinda like it just makes you say, huh.
1: Yeah, it makes you go, hmm, and then it's kinda like coincidence. I don't know. <laughs> Right. It's crazy. Yeah, we, we we had a... I'll go to St. Albans again, man. St. Albans is pretty active. So we was down in the, uh, <clears throat> in the... where they do the electroshock therapy. And wasn't really getting much evidence. We had a REM pod and a K2 sitting in the middle. And there was probably about four or five of us down there. And we were kind of in a circle... We weren't very far away, but we were kind of like standing in a circle and they had the, and what was cool about it, they had the actual chair that they strapped them down in. I mean, not, not saying that that procedure is cool, but the chair was still there and with the, with the uh, where they locked the head in and everything to do the electric shock therapy, which was a cruel thing to do back then. And so the person probably was sane, and that probably drove him insane. But anyway, so we were in there and we were trying to communicate and we were trying to get answers to the questions that were being asked and nothing was going on. And finally, this one person was like, I'm kind of hungry. And the other person was like, yeah, me too. And it, so We're starting to, like, people are starting to get hungry for some reason. We don't even know why. And so the other one said, well, I bet the food in here was horrible. And all of a sudden, the K2 flickered. And so we're like, okay. And so we started talking about food, and the K2 was going off, the REM pod was going off. And the one guy, not going to mention his name, but he was standing over there, and he's like, you know, I could, I could go for a big steak right now. And like both Rem Pot and K2 lit up at the same time. Go. Okay. So I kind of said like, uh, well, how about a country fried steak with gravy, some mashed potatoes, corn on the cob, you know, stuff like that. And as soon as I got done talking, we heard this person just go, yes. It was clear as day. It was loud. It wasn't like me saying, wasn't like, you know, saying that, like saying yes, like right now, yes. But it was like a, it was, it was like a yes. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was held out too. It was kind of elongated. But so anyway, we heard that with our own, own ears. This wasn't an EVP or anything. This was something in the room saying, yes, they want country fried steak with gravy, mash, and corn on the cob. So we all kind of stood there was like, did you say that? Nope. Did you say that? No, nope. nobody said it. So clear as day disembodied voice, uh, came out and said, yeah, they want some real food. And then once, once we caught onto that and I don't know, within five minutes or so people weren't hungry no more. So that was kind of cool and weird at the same time that people started getting hungry. And we started talking about food and whatever entity was in that room wanted real food. (laughs) It's crazy.
0: Another experience I had is, uh, seeing things is I've seen quite a few shadows, uh, being in places, different places from Georgia, Florida, Illinois, um, some more in the Midwest, uh, some in the Northeast part of the country, even some overseas. But, uh, There's been times where I've went into a room and it's just myself. Next thing I see is the room kind of darkened for a second, like a portion of the room where you can see like the light hitting the wall (laughs) and you're not paying attention. And then you'll see it kind of get dark for a second in the corner of your eye and then you turn your head and look back and then it's like bright again and you're like, wait a minute. And you sit there and look around, you know, the, the investigator in and, and myself, and I'll sit there and kind of debunk and be like, okay, was there a blind in the way? Is a fan on? You know, what what might have uh, overshadowed the light there for a minute? I don't see anything. And so let's take it with a grain of salt and say, okay. And uh, you just go from there. But uh, sometimes during investigations I'll, uh, I'll see shadows out of the, not even the corner of my eye, like almost verbatim, like point blank portion of the room just for a second, a split second. Sometimes people I've investigated with have seen it also. And when you're sitting in a dimly lit room, um, there's not much really to cast a shadow. (laughs) So when it gets darker than what it already is for a particular area for a split second, that's when you're going, okay, what's going on here? Why? What's this about? You know, um
1: yeah we had that one one time where shadow figure was actually waving at us like somebody down at the end of the hall waving at us like hey <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is what it is what is that <laughs> right and they're they're probably talking to their buddy's going look at that human waving to me i'm gonna wave back
1: yeah like what are they doing i want you know you always kind of wonder do you do you like some entities like think we're stupid or something we're out there <laughs> talking to ourselves and they're going, shall we show ourselves or say something or should we just let them keep talking to ourselves? You know,
0: we're probably a form of entertainment <laughs> for them. They're like, Oh, the investigators are here. It's Friday night. Let's do this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. Let's see what we can, let's see what we can do to freak them out or make them laugh. Right. Either, either one, but All right. yeah, I've seen a full colored apparition, it's kind of weird because Gettysburg uh, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of uh, people have swore to be walking down the sidewalk in Gettysburg. And I've heard this for many, many years that you could be walking down the sidewalk in an actual entity will walk by you, but they're so colorful and there's they look like you're you're not really paying attention to how I mean when even when you walk in a crowd of people, you're not really paying attention how you're looking at someone
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when you look at them. So there's been a lot of instances where people will be walking downtown Gettysburg and let's say a lady comes walking by and they move out of the way and they're like, excuse me, ma'am, sorry, whatever. And then they think about it for a second and they turn around and that thing, you know, the entity's gone. Like it went by them and, and disappeared. But was that a residual deal? Who knows? But... I've heard these stories like for many years and we was doing an investigation in Kentucky and walking down the hallway. Now the house ain't that big but walking down the hallway I knew what it was because I know what I'm, you know, this ain't like I'm just walking down the street. I'm in an investigation. And this little girl she, like, comes out of the room, like, she gets in the hallway right there, like, not even probably 40 feet from me. So I stop, and I'm like, am I really actually seeing what I'm seeing here? And I know it wasn't residual, like a replay in time, because she actually stopped in the hallway, turned her head, looked at me, and then ran and ran right through the wall into the other room. Hmm. And then I tried to go into that room to you know, chase it down and say, you know, get communication. Uh, But I must have frightened her or something, I guess. I don't know. But that was kind of cool seeing that and being able to witness something of that nature is, it's amazing, man. It's just an amazing deal to me. I don't, it's not that it scared me or anything. It did kind of startle me a little bit because you see all these horror movies where, you know, some little apparition comes out next, you know, they're, they're like charging you or something, you know, but yeah. So I seen that little girl and she literally turned her head, kind of looked at me and then she ran through the wall and I was like, okay, thought that was pretty cool.
0: Interesting. Interesting. The, uh, the other time and I've already touched base back on this and previous podcasts that we did. But I just saw, had someone sitting next to me, was doing some stuff with a candle with a group, and said their name. They didn't respond to me. I looked over to him. It was dark. And I saw an etherical being, basically. Like you're talking, kind of like an apparition. When I looked at them, I didn't see them. I saw an etherical being, pale skin, piercing blue eyes, uh, blondish matte hair. And uh person was talking to me, telling me to leave. And the person that was sitting there physically was a shorter individual, dark hair, dark olive skin, dark brown eyes, and, uh, completely opposite of what I saw. So, you know, at that time, is that me just visualizing this or perceiving this, but this is all in my head of what I'm seeing. I mean, obviously the person did not morph for change. Everybody's seeing her, but for some reason I was privy to see that. Um, it didn't, startle me in the sense of like oh man you know I got spirit or ghost or entity sitting right next to me but uh, it was the last thing I expected because we were doing some some Q&A and using a candle for confirmation with the flame going longer or shorter depending on whatever it was we were asking and stuff and and then just nonchalant looking over and seeing this entity there and I was like alrighty then <laughs> Most people. So play the it. entity.
1: So the entity was like. Like it was like sitting like was her, but it wasn't her.
0: Yeah, it was. It, it, it was the equivalent. If you've ever seen one of the movies where it's like they show a person there and then it can to the other person that was originally doing whatever. And they came back to the other person and then it's like. Something else. That's literally what it was like. I was looking at somebody that was not the person that was sitting there completely.
1: So, you know, I always wondered, like, is that, is that like, uh, you know, possibly a spirit that's following that person around where this, cause you almost, you almost want to go like, are they possessed? Cause they're, they just morphed a little bit. But,
0: uh, I I think for that particular instance, uh, after doing a lot of research and already kind of knowing what I was getting into for the scenario for that night. Um, I believe that was hundred percent tied to the property that we were at. So, oh, okay. Uh, and, uh, it, it was just someone that didn't want any, anybody there on the property whatsoever. It was somebody that lived there, uh, over a hundred and some years ago. And, uh,
1: cause you know, we, we got that photo that, um, the, the lady from Wisconsin, she sent a photo in and her son standing on a cliffside. Remember that photo? Oh, yeah. And then there was something on the side of his face. You couldn't really tell what it was. And then we zoomed in on it, blew it up several times. And there was a a baby's face like right on the right side of his face, like morphing, you know, like if you want to say morph, or it was appearing on the side of his face. So you blow the picture up and there was like a baby's face, and then what looked to be an older man, but found out it was a younger man. And so all that was going on on the side of his face hmm. in the photo. That's and that photo's on the, yeah, that photo's on the Facebook page.
0: You know, it's interesting. But, um, you, it's interesting you say that because I've showed you one particular photo where I was at the Moon River Brewery with uh, a team I used to be a part of. And, uh, just the way it had it, I was standing in the middle in the back row. There was about nine individuals and there was a particular (laughs) particular general uh, from the Civil War that utilized this building for some stuff and we were supposedly interacting with it all night. So at the end of the night, we took a group photo and besides me and one other individual standing next to me, when you looked at this photo, it was a digital photo. Everybody's left side of their face, when you looked at the photo, looked like it was droopy, like and there was no consistency to it. Like it was smudged down and it was blurry on everybody's left side of their face only, which was just odd. I mean, if you take a photo, And the whole left side of the photo is messed up, and the right side of the photo is good. You can be like, oh, okay, maybe it's screwed up, or, you know, bazillion reasons. But for it to pick and choose people's faces and show only one part of it being messed up and the other part being good, and then on top of that, having individuals in the photo where their face look normal, that's just like, what's that about? (laughs) You know?
1: Well, I mean, was it were they drooping like, uh, like really drooping or was it like drooping? No. Cause you know,
0: no, it was, just, it, it was, you... it was drooping in the photo. Like the only, only way I can explain it is if someone took a photo, okay. Like a Polaroid and back in the day, automatic photo takes a Polaroid, prints all the ink to the camera and develops and you could smudge it sometimes with your finger. Well, that's how it is. For all these individuals, besides two individuals, their faces were all drooped down, and it just—it just didn't make sense. And that was uh, my first time where I saw a photo uh, that had individuals that was impacted. My guess by energy or something else that can't be explained in the environment like that, besides trying to capture an orb or, or you know an apparition or, or spirit or whatever may have you. So Right. So
1: that's, yeah. And they were up in, I think, Wyoming. When this happened, they were visiting Wyoming and they were standing on the mountainside. And it is kind of weird. Cause you, cause that, when she sent me that photo, I kind of was, she's like, what do you see wrong with this picture kind of thing? And I'm like, uh, don't know. So I started really looking, I go, well, it looks like something's wrong with this with the side of his face. And she goes, Yeah, she goes, uh, keep investigating. So I did, I blew it up. And sure enough, there was two faces in that circle on the side of his face. So yeah, that's it's kind of weird how that manifested that way. And and then taking your photo, now you're telling me photo you got, something manifested on the side of her face as well. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. What about um what about hearing things What's uh what's your experience on on hearing things you know audibly like inside your head or outside like someone's kind of yelling at you from a few feet away or further away or have you ever experienced anything
1: well, like I, that yeah i could talk about you know may stringer house again uh, i mentioned it before we were um well, let me let me get this let me get the question right. <laughs> so you're so you are wanting to know like if I've heard anything in my head, not like a disembodied voice or anything. So
0: Well like for instance um, well like for instance if uh you're doing an investigation or you're at a place that's paranormal related or even not and next thing you know, something pops in your head, you know, that's like a voice or a sound. Um you know, like if you Or doing something somewhere with a team or maybe for an instance, it was a time with when we investigated and I throw a question out, being like, Hey, can you make a noise? Or can you say, you know, X, Y, Z. And the next thing you know, you hear it. Like if you have headphones on and it's stereo and you hear it, but it doesn't, I don't respond to it. Like I don't hear it outside of you. So that's what I mean by, have you heard something personally or have you heard something to where other people have heard it, you know, or it sounds like kind of like far away from you?
1: Well, about every investigation we tell people, if something crosses your mind and you don't know why you're thinking about it, go ahead and tell us. Because that happens all the time. Uh, I, would, I would say not on a, I wouldn't say all the time, like a regular basis, but it does happen a lot that you're in the investigation and you haven't been there before. You don't know nothing about the place other than whatever little intro or history that the people tell you that, you know, live there or work there or whatever place we're at. So you're doing investigation and all of a sudden this thing pops in your head that relates to the investigation, but nobody in the group told you about it. So where did it come from? So yeah, I've, I've had that happen and I'll, and I'll be like, we're not getting any evidence, let's say. And all of a sudden, this thing that popped in my head, I'll start talking about it. And then all of a sudden, we get evidence. So, yeah, I've had I've had that happen numerous times where where you think it's a thought is really something, you know, something communicating with you in that manner, if you understand that.
0: Oh, completely. You know, for instance, uh, you bring up the May Stranger house. I remember the first time I was there. And uh, supposedly there was a little girl that perished, unfortunately, uh, back in the 1800s. And I remember I was doing something with a radio box, and and uh, I had something with a uh, cassette player I was using with headphones. For anybody that doesn't know what a cassette player is, they're like uh, an iPod of today's age. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I just dated myself there. Showing, showing. Yeah, you're showing your age, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just remember specifically saying the person's name. I'm like, "Hi, I'm here. You know, mm, I'm a friend. And uh, if you want to say anything to me, you know, go ahead." And then I heard the sweetest little voice say hello, and it completely floored me because that was like the first real time that I heard something really. And, you know, I didn't know what I was expecting at the time. I didn't know if it was going to be something strange or weird or odd, but no. Um, it was, it was nice. And uh, I tried communicating after that, but then someone called me and then I had to go on and continue on with what we were doing. So.
1: Yeah, we had the main stringer. Though I'll, I'll talk about that one anyway, because it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. and. We were we were getting communication. We were in the, the kids' room up there where the cradle is that you're not supposed to touch because the one logo gets mad if you touch it yep and, and um, we started communicating and I realized we were communicating with the kids, which is the first time we've ever been able to do that. So you know she had a kid with her first marriage and then she had like I think two kids in the second marriage. So they were, you know, stepkids. And the one instant where the, uh, the one, the first child, the daughter from the first marriage, she fell off the second floor balcony and broke her arm or something. You remember that story? Yeah. Vaguely. So my push was once I figured out that I might be talking to the stepkids, like from the second marriage, let's just say the second marriage kids. Um, I started pushing to the fact that they pushed her off the balcony. And so they were giving me responses as though there was a scuffle and the one kid shoved the girl from the first marriage and she fell off the balcony and broke her arm. Mm. So I'm pressuring these kids to to, uh, to give me the response that they did it on purpose, basically. And from lo and behold, man, from like the, we're in that room. So then, you know, when you come up the stairs and you got that room right there, and then you go up and that right up on the left, like almost like catty corner from that doorway is a room on the left there where the big master bed is and all that stuff. Yep. Um, so from that room, we just heard this loud ruh, 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 ruh. It was like all muffled and stuff. And so I stopped and everybody in the room just kinda looked at it. We were kind of looking at each other and I was like, Did y'all hear that? And they're like, Yep. So there was a couple of people downstairs. I went over to the top of the railing there and I, you know, yelled down, Hey, did your phone go off? or Did y'all, are y'all playing a game or something? They go, no, all our phones are on mute. We ain't doing nothing. I said, you just didn't hear that, that, uh, that mumble, that voice that said something. And so here's, here's a good instance of pick and choosing who hears what they didn't hear a thing. And they're sitting in the, they're sitting on the bench. Like you can look down the stairs and you know that house, that staircase, ain't that big.
0: No. It's one of those you know, it's one of those thinner staircases that's not as wide and the steps are kinda right. high. So if you go to the top of the stairs and you fall forward, you're gonna fall down. You ain't gonna go down the stairs.
1: No, you're gonna fall. So And you know they had that that uh that bench right there by the by the end table with the lamp on it. Yep. Backed up to the stairs right there. Mm-hmm so that's where those two people were sitting and i said y'all didn't hear that and they go no we didn't hear nothing and they've been quiet you know they they were quiet so i thought well okay this was meant for us to hear not for them to hear so we went back i said all right let's let's halt everything right here and let's put this back so Played it back, and sure enough, there is a male angry voice. (laughs) And so it took us a bit to replay it. We replayed the EVP, and I kept the camera rolling and had it taped. And unfortunately, my camera was stolen, and that tape happened to be the tape that was in the camera because I kept showing people that because that was – clearest day, one of the, one of the few clearest, uh, you know, disembodied voices that I caught on recorder. Now, of course, with the human ear, it sounds muffled, but on the recorder, it's pretty clear. And then we finally figured out, you know, what the guy said and he said it was an accident and he yelled it from across the
0: room. Yep. I remember That's that. Exact. I so, remember that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, once you, once I mean, he, I, know, I know it made him mad because I was drilling them kids pretty hard on trying to get me to get them to tell me the truth and what really happened with, yeah, you know, remember, the first daughter. I
0: remember you're asking them questions for quite a while.
1: Yeah. And they, they kept responding. And then all of a sudden that guy yells, it was an accident, like loudly, too. It was like
0: mm-hmm. and then, with force. And then all the kids stopped talking. I remember that. It was like almost they were afraid of him.
1: Yeah. That's. Well, they must be because, you know, like I said, that was the first time ever on all the years I've been going there. It was the first time ever that the kids actually spoke. It's like the dude was away or something, and they're like, oh, we can speak. Because you remember every time we go there, I'm like, I could feel these kids in the room like they're standing in the corner. They just don't want to say nothing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And it's just crazy. And I remember one time I even, you know, they say, oh, if you touch the cradle – And she doesn't like you, then you're gonna go home, and like a couple days later, you get sick or something. And I remember just touching the cradle on purpose just to be like, "Hey, you gonna talk to me?"
0: Yep, that (laughs) urban legend. I remember that you had that look in your face too, like a little kid that was just like testing the waters, like, "Really? I'm not supposed (laughs) to cross this line?"
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't throw gas on the fire. I got five gallons. You know what I mean? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Okay, so um, but so as far as it goes. Uh, as far as hearing stuff, uh, another instance is I was at a place where it was, uh, a tuberculosis ward that burnt down and killed a bunch of people, unfortunately, in the early 1900s. And, uh, there was another instance where predominantly this ward, this, this area, this building was nothing but full of children. And so for this particular night, I don't know why, and this is actually before I even knew uh, I was going to this site, um, because sometimes when I investigate, I'll just get with a group of individuals that I know, and I'll go blindly, not knowing any information where I'm going. Just that way, when I go there, the experiences I have are that much more authentic and real, and there's nothing that's been percolating in my brain, you know, prior just to have me think about, and I grabbed a ball, and I I believe it was a little teddy bear, and uh, so there I was, and put these items on the ground, and everybody was trying to get activity. They couldn't get anything, and I show up out of nowhere, put them on the ground. Next thing I know is I felt this uh, very lighty, airy feeling of happiness and giddiness uh, inside, and then I start hearing children's laughter. And I just remember I turned around real quick because I was thinking, first thing I was thinking is, is who brought their child to the investigation? Because it's 18 and a <laughs> So I, I spun around <laughs> in the dark and I'm like, hey, and there was nobody there. And uh, then I turned around again cautiously and I was like, uh, does anybody hear that? And everybody's like, "Nope." we were doing Q and a and haven't had any activity for 20 something minutes. And I believe they had some activity with a light and that was it. And I was like, right. And then I heard the laughter like two more times. And it was almost like, as if the kids were playing with the adults just to mess with them, just to have fun, nothing else. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, kids are kids. And that was, that was, that was still being, Yep. Yeah. And and that was cool to me because, you know, it just shows you despite no matter what side of the fence you're on of living or not or wherever you're at, you're still going to have what I would like to think is is basic principles of, you know, life, you know, as as far as it goes of being young at heart. Um, And so I just I for that particular instance, I heard a total of four times of, of children laughing and it wasn't as if it was identical. Like someone was just playing, play, rewind, play it again, and it sounds exactly the same type of laugh every time I heard it. It was different. So that was pretty neat in my book, um, as far as hearing stuff. So yeah,
1: that was pretty cool. You remember? You remember? Uh, you remember Ashley? Uh, what is it called? Ashley's restaurant or whatever over there? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I remember.
1: The one yep. used to be the old train depot yep. or whatever sits right near the railroad
0: tracks. Yeah. Yep. I remember that.
1: So this, so this goes along the feel part feeling something. So you remember like the, the upstairs, let's say North North corner up there was on fire, caught on fire up there. A lot of people perished in that. Um, So you remember we were doing the investigation there and I had, a I had the group of people I had, and <clears throat> I told this, this, uh, cause you know, every now and then we bring guest investigators with us basically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was a, it was a mother and daughter and the daughter was kind of, you know, I don't want to say sarcastic, more like sassy, like, Oh, this, this ain't real blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I had the ghost radar going up there and I said, you know, Everything that I asked for, question the ghost radar was spitting the answers out, and she just kind of sitting there going, "Eh, you know, that's just a toy on your phone." I'm like, "Well, I didn't program this thing, so how is it giving me the answers that I need?" And I said, "So I just went, you know, hey, do you think this girl is being real, Henry?" And the thing said, "Yes."
0: <laughs> so.
1: So she kind of looked at it and she goes, what? And she just had this discouraged look. And she goes, well, what happened up here? And I said, well, there was a big fire and some people perished uh, up in this area. And I don't know if she didn't ever say it, but I don't know if they were like, like she kept going on about how fake the toy was or this, this paranormal stuff ain't real or, you know, just all through the investigation. So when it said yes, she kind of sat back for a moment. And I don't know, because I you know, when I go to investigation, I always tell people do not invite them to touch you or commu- you know, just watch basically. Don't even think about it. Inviting them to do anything with you. You're you're safer that way. Let us handle that. Yeah. And so I don't I think it was the spirits. They didn't like her, they didn't like her attitude. So she goes, Well, I wonder somewhere along the lines of i wonder how that must have felt basically and within a minute or two you you could see like she had her arms on the table we were sitting in that corner booth mm-hmm. the round the big round one
0: uh-huh.
1: and within in a minute or two her arm you could see her arm was turning red
0: yep i remember that and exactly
1: she, yep and she's like oh my god my arm is just burning and I look over and I see her arm and it's like deep red. And she's like, what's wrong with my arm? What's wrong with my arm? And and she's like, I just have this burning sensation. And I said, well, you asked them, <laughs> you wonder what it must have felt like. And they're letting you know. And I so then I had to tell the entities, you know, back off. Yeah. She gets the point, leave her alone. And within a couple of minutes, the redness went away and it stopped burning.
0: But I remembered that but, we even got some ice for her because it was uncomfortable. And uh, it totally obviously took her out of her comfort zone. Uh, but it it took her back. Even even her mom um, was surprised because this is something that was manifesting and happening real time to somebody physically when they didn't do anything. Because I remember this individual was wearing a shirt that was buttoned up like a flannel kind of thing cuz it was cold when we were doing this and they had their shirt sleeves rolled up to their elbows and they were just yep. sitting in the booth and just had their phone right there next to their hand and just had their arms just resting on the tabletop and we were just all talking and then boom that just happened out of nowhere
1: um yeah so you know it's just uh you yeah, her mom was like really surprised it it it, it what I what I call that was a come to Jesus meeting right there. <laughs> 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 you, you literally asked for that because you kept saying all this stuff is fake, and you know you're not really communicating. How are you communicating with the other side? The, you know they're they're, you know they're gone. They're passed away. They they don't talk anymore. And and that's to me. I try to tell her, you know that's the worst thing you could say because, you know, like I've said in another in other uh, podcasts. You know, my belief is that the, you know, the deceased, you know, they're, they're human beings, man, regardless whether they were, you know, good people, bad people, evil people, whatever, but they still want to be heard for some reason. They, they, they might have a story that they still want to tell, oh, yeah. especially if they died tragically like that, you know,
0: tell me, uh, tell That's me, it. tell me this. What about, uh, physically feeling anything? I remember one time I was do an investigation with a bunch of people and I uh, made a comment about, Hey, if you're around, let me know. Next thing I know, I felt my leg get grabbed. Like if, uh, you know, I had, I got bitten in the leg by an ant on my thigh, right above my knee. And so I take my hand and put it over my thigh and push down. That's what I felt with fingertips going into the sides of my legs. And, uh, it was enough to make my eyes get big <laughs> and say, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but it's it, on now, <laughs> but that was that sobering, so, you know, uh, sobering moment where it was like, well, no matter what you think, no matter what you do, no matter what you uh, think you can do, um, you don't control this moment. And, and at, the you end, don't. <laughs> at the end of the night, you know, um, nothing, nothing, nothing happened bad or negatively or anything. But for that particular instance, it was like, Hey, and, uh, that was one of the first times I ever experienced being manipulated physically.
1: Um, I, re- I remember the first time I was, I was probably, I don't know, 12 years old or so, and, and, and coming in that age, you know, cause like I said, you know, I've been dealing with this pretty much all my life. And so we happened to, uh, there was a pit trail. This was in Illinois and, uh, on the backside of a little town called Chillicothe, Illinois, and there used to be the gravel pits back there. And we'd ride our three wheelers and whatever. And so we pulled over in this area that we thought was a grassy field, but it wound up being a, a, a cemetery. Basically, it was all the grass grew over the headstones, because hmm. you know back in back in the old days, the headstones weren't that big. They were only like a couple feet off the ground, if that.
0: Yeah, they're about two and a half. Well, I'd say about yeah, about two and a half feet high. Yeah, the, foot and a half. Yeah, probably. they were just yeah, like uh, big.
1: no, they weren't as big as they are now. So, I'm I'm walking through because you know I got to stop and take care of some business in the in the grass, and so I walk, you know walking through and I'm coming back to my three-wheeler and I kind of tripped over something and I was like, well, what the heck is that? So I looked down and I, then I yelled at my buddy and I go, Hey, we're in a freaking graveyard, bro. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, this is cool, bro. And we start looking at the dates. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) So, Oh, you mean what I said, bro? Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so um, we're looking at these gravestones and basically these dates are like mid-1800s, early 1900 graves. Hmm. And so we're standing there and we're talking, you know, we're like, "Whoa, wow, this is cool. Look at this guy or look at this this lady here. She died in 1856 or whatever. You know, how cool is that? How long, you know, and you you start to think how long that graveyard's been there. But anyway... Me and my buddy were standing there, and at the same time, we both jumped. Like we just like jumped up in the air and was like, What was that? And I look at him and he's looking at me and I go, Did something just grab your leg? And he goes, Yeah. And I said, Back to the three wheelers, homie. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it and I swear that was that's all it took. Now that, you know, being a kid scared the crap out of us because literally like something, like if you took your hand and just wrapped it around you know, below your calf and above your foot, like right in that ankle area. Oh yeah. And it, and it was a tight grip, so it wasn't like you bumped something or you rubbed against something, like no, literally something grabbed my leg and his leg at the same time and we got on in three wheelers and hauled butt, man. Well, I don't think we ever went back there, but that was I think I was like 12 or 13 years old. That was my first physical contact, you know, experience with the, with the paranormal.
0: Interesting, man. Interesting. Interesting. Now, uh, what about, you, go
1: ahead. You remember, I got, I got one more for you. You Remember Clearwater Theater? Mm-hmm. So you remember we were in there and uh, the chick that we're both friends with, she had her boyfriend there and he said something negative And then he was like, oh man, my arm, it itches. Remember that? And then you pull up his sleeve and he got scratched.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was right towards the end of the there's, night.
1: Yeah, there was there's a picture of that on the Facebook page as well, I believe, of that dude's arm, what it looked like being scratched.
0: I remember that because <clears throat> that was about a particular individual killing somebody. And mm-hmm. there wasn't that much activity really that whole night. We were there for like five hours at least. And then right towards the end, we were up there... Top of the pews there, upstairs in the second floor balcony, looking at where everything transpired. And uh, I remember there, they were complaining. And it's always, it, it, it always seems for the most part, when you're looking for stuff, it doesn't happen. And then when you don't think about it, or you let your brain relax, or you're just going about your business, and then it's like, everything's like, aha, here you go. And you're like, Really? Where were you, you know, 14 hours ago when I was looking for that?
1: Yeah, and, and that night, a lot of evidence, a lot of evidence was on EVPs and photos. Yeah. But, you, but you're right. There wasn't, like, much, if you want to say, poltergeist activity.
0: No, no. What about um? What about as far as it goes for your sensories of smelling stuff? For myself personally, I have either smelt uh, perfumes when I've done locations. Uh, I have smelt fire uh, like, you know, cinders burning or, or or smokiness to the point where I was coughing. Um, and the group I was with coughing too, which I spoke about in a previous podcast for that experience. Um, Casadega. I've, yep. I've even smelled food before, <laughs> you know, and uh, like it's just brand new in the kitchen, ready to go for dinner time uh, in defunct buildings that have no power. There's no food anywhere. No one brought any take home or take out or grub, you know, to eat. It's just nothing. So it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to be able to have your centuries of smells going on and, and experiencing things when you know for a fact, um, there's no reason for it to be like that. So it's the other side showing you, Hey, what's your, uh, what's your take on experiences with smelling stuff? You, you have anything there?
1: Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff, but uh, I think the most interesting part of uh, the smelling issue is basically, because you know there's a little bit more to me, you know me, in this field than there is that most people don't realize. And when we go into an investigation, and sometimes, let's say, a former family member is hanging out at the house. And I think it's real interesting that if you you start talking about this person that you know, passed away and the people are sitting there looking at you like, yeah, okay, that's a lucky guess or that's whatever. But then that person, like, uh, let's, let's say you remember me and one of our good friends used to be a tech guy for us. Uh, we went up and did uh, an investigation in New Hampshire. We went inside that little, uh, bar diner type place. Never been there before. Never been to that town. And the same thing started happening i started try to tell this one girl it was an uncle of hers that passed away he was communicating with me not with equipment but in other means and so i was trying to talk to her and she kind of she was pretty much believing what i was saying but the people next to her her friends were looking at me like you know was this guy on your facebook page or myspace or whatever we had back then and basically she was like no so this guy all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it's very irritating to me because I'm not a smoker. And she just kind of turned around and looked at me. And I said, but I get this uh, really strong cigar odor with a background of straight scotch. So obviously, this guy was a scotch drinker, and he smoked cigars, like Henri cigar. You know the Henri cigar? It's not like the the good-smelling cigar. This was an Henri, like irritating-smell cigar, if you understand Mm. what I'm saying. Mm. So... It's interesting to me that, that, yeah, I can walk through an area and if we're dealing with a female presence, usually, you know, they'll give off a perfume smell or something because, you know, they're just being nice or they like you or, you you know what I'm saying, Uh, compared to like, you know, we have been in places where we've actually smelled sulfur before. Oh, yeah. But that's, I mean, I could kind of tie that in to maybe the same thing here, but when I'm like, personally chosen to communicate to somebody and then everybody's like, yeah, whatever. And then I go, yeah, well, this person drinks this or smokes that or, or they wore this type of cologne. Then it clicks like, Oh my God, you know, how did this guy, how does he know that if, if the person ain't communicating? So I've had hundreds of smells, thousands, probably of different smells and stuff. But the one that, like I said, the one that's most interesting to me is when they actually personally, give me a smell that connects them you know what i'm saying to that smell so it's not like a fire but i mean i guess you could say it's personal when the when they passed away in a fire but you know what i'm you know what i'm trying to get at though this is their personal like everyday life they would drink scotch and smoke cigars and this guy gave me this this smell so i could communicate to his to his niece basically and and then she believed the fact that he was there Yep. So I thought, thought that, that was pretty cool too.
0: Yeah, it is pretty neat. Definitely pretty neat. So, uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about the moon real quick, just to wrap it up for this podcast. We can,
1: oh, we was, can, if you want, what, I mean, what was your, this, uh,
0: what was your thoughts? Well,
1: of course the, I was just talking about the full moon cause we did have a full moon this weekend. So, A lot of things you know people always say like weird stuff happens when there's a full moon and pretty much with scientific studies and stuff that they've pretty much found out that there's not really strong enough evidence to tie the full moon to odd behaviors in any way there's no real you know there's no real scientific proof that the full moon encourages weird behaviors now when you talk about something like that is, you know, like when you, when you go into an investigation and somebody tells you about it before you get there and that's in your head, like you were talking about. And so you go in clear minded so that that doesn't interfere with your investigation because now you're going to think about the stuff you were told. So is the weird, is the weird behaviors just because that's been the folklore of the full moon, that weird thing happens. So people automatically just get weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. And when things happen, you always got to question the circumstances. Why is somebody that you know that's always been a certain way responding or acting a different way? You know, and a lot of times it's always the go to, oh, it's a full moon. So that's why, you know, because in society throughout history, People attribute the full moon to, you know, weird behavior or somebody acting out of sorts. But in reality, it could be all about the different solstices of that's going on for nature and fertilization of soil and festivities. And, you know, it, it just depends on what facet of life you want to dig into to see how the moon incorporates into justifications of whatever it is the subject matter is.
1: Right. And then that's where the phrase comes about where there must be a full moon out there. As you know people are acting stupid. Right. <laughs> so, but you know, if you if you do the research, because it's a lunar effect, and if you do anything on it, um basically the Roman goddess of the moon, she uh, very she's very familiar to us today, she's probably known as Luna. Uh basically it was the prefix of the word lunatic.
0: <laughs> if
1: you could imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> So, you know, the philosophers, they basically, um, I guess, pretty much went off that name. you know, I don't know if she was actually crazy or not, hmm. but people always think that the mystical powers of the full moon induce erratic behaviors. But, you know, if you figure the goddess, her name was Luna, and it comes from the prefix lunatic, maybe that's where it comes from.
0: Interesting. You always teach me
1: something. There's a lot of... <laughs> always i'm always about to learn you something yep. <laughs> i don't know man it's just a it's full moon we just had one i tell you, all the times all the years that i've been alive on this earth i've never really i mean stupid stuff happens every day so if something happens out of the ordinary maybe once when you now you're going to use a term once in a blue moon i don't know i don't see a lot of crazy stuff happening during full moons it just happens to be a full moon and some crazy stuff happen. Just like it happens on a quarter or a half moon, you know what I mean. So
0: true, but I get I get I get what you're saying though. You know, historically speaking, within society, full moons have always been attributed to X, Y, Z. So that was always a just easy easy justification or talking point as things. Well, it was go forward with technology and in today's age, things aren't as easily talked away.
1: Well, unlike anything, man, you got. The media, you know, the the widespread of the actual folklore about the full moon, and then you know every movie plays off the full moon, so it kind of gets into people's heads, I guess, that crazy things happen on a full moon more more so during a full moon than they do outside the full moon. I guess I don't know why a lot of a lot of movies, like horror movies and stuff, they portray like stabbings and shootings and different uh, psychotic behaviors during a full moon and i guess that's probably another reason why people think that too.
0: Yep. Sometimes it's easier just to blame it on something else versus really diagnosing or looking at it for what it is. But that's just Well, i would
1: i would like i would like to do some more research on like the the mysteries of it. You know, what what does what does the full moon actually does it adjust the ley lines? Cuz obviously, i mean, what's your thoughts on that?
0: I think the ley lines are embedded in the earth itself by the minerals deposits all over the place. So I think that's the way those are run. I don't think that the moon has any impact on that. Uh, But do I think the moon has the impact on the the tide structure of the oceans? Yeah. So I think the impact of the moon can affect animals and people. Yeah. Because the moon is what validates our life cycles of day and night, nocturnal daytime, all that stuff. So when you start throwing those things out of whack or adjusting all that, I think biologically it messes with things. Um, but that's just a, a little snippet of my two cents there of what my theory is.
1: Well, what, what's your sign?
0: Uh, like, are you, what are you, Taurus, Scorpio? I think I'm a Capricorn.
1: Well, do you know that, that the, uh, it intensifies emotions magnifies actually emotions and the feelings of people according to their sign i guess like for instance the sign of aries for example is ambitious outgoing and personable the positive side of an aries during a full moon is the greater desire to be social and to share their opinions with others however aries is also very headstrong and is ruled by mars which is a planet of war so if you go to like say a Scorpio, Scorpio is already an intense sign, so things that can get even more heated for this sign under a full moon. Scorpio is the darkest sign of the zodiac, meaning that it takes all of its water and energy that it shares with cancer and Pisces and takes it to the deeper, darker place. So I guess what they're saying is depending that's that's what we could talk about in a future podcast. Is how does the full moon affect your sign? Like, whatever sign you are, obviously, like, one is ambitious, and now all of a sudden, this one is darker. You know what I'm saying there? It's like, how does the full moon affect you, I guess, according to your birth date?
0: Hmm. See, I don't know about any of this. This is outside my wheelhouse, so I defer to you the... Resident theory paranormal expert in all matters uh, related to anything <laughs> of the full moon, the quarter moon, the half equinox moon, any moon uh, facing it it's in. I, uh, I'll leave that to you.
1: Well, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me that the only thing that people think about when they think about a full moon, first of all, is werewolves. Second of all would be erratic behavior, basically you know, getting weird and crazy and doing stupid things. But no, when have you ever heard anybody say, wow, the full moon just, just affects my Zodiac. I don't
0: know. I, I did know one particular person at one point in time of my life, every single time it was a full moon, they would just completely act out of character, not in a good way. Uh, usually in a way that involved, uh, somebody getting bailed out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and I just I just don't know. <laughs> I couldn't put rhyme to reason. Um
1: well if you're a Capricorn, it's you know, Capricorns like to maintain a state of equilibrium in their life. So does that sound like you?
0: I don't know. Maybe. I don't really dig into the signs and all that stuff either.
1: Well so, so it's it's I guess Capricorns they hate the full moon. They don't like it. Huh. And I wanna say that they don't like the energies that destabilize their environment, makes them uncomfortable. So if you're if you're around somebody during a full moon that is basically breaking your equilibrium, you seem to get frustrated with them and not even know why.
0: Interesting. Do I get frustrated so, do, do I get frustrated with you a lot when it's a full moon?
1: No. I never noticed if it was a full moon and that might be why you get frustrated, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, it says that, you know, under some research, it says the Capricorn can get frustrated by the uncertainty of the full moon. Like Sagittarius and Aquarius uh, revel in it. Aquarians love the full moon because they love to take, take on new things. This sign actually loves change. Hmm. So any destabilizing effect the moon might have won't bother them. And a Sagittarius, they pretty much tend to be more positive about it. So, like I said, man, it's pretty interesting that how the full moon, and this is kind of what I, I would like to get into on a segment sometime, how the full moon actually affects the different signs so it's not really – so let's say that the people are acting stupid and crazy. Maybe they're, you know, the darker side, which I think it was – I said it was Aries, right? So, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe that's why people do crazy things because depending on what sign they are, you know, because they have a thing of like when you're born at a certain time of day – they can pretty much read. I don't forget what they call it, but they go through and they read like all your different energy levels because you were born at this time of the day and on this day and et cetera, et cetera. People, there, there might be some people that might be feeling a lot of energy and love during a full moon. There might be some of them that just like they like the Sagittarius in them. They embrace it because it's whatever it is. This, this is like something I've been researching for the last year or so when I can, but it's very interesting that your actual Zodiac sign plays a part in the full moon. Interesting stuff.
0: Sounds like it. Welp, Mr. Dalton, that looks like all the time we have for today.
1: Yep. Time flies when you're having fun.
0: So with that being said, this will wrap up podcast episode nine of uh, what you can experience via feeling, seeing, or hearing. The moon from our perspective and theories. If uh, you have any questions, comments about this podcast, or anything in general that you want us to uh, reply back to, or if you have any evidence you want us to review and give us some time and we'll give you our professional opinion, feel free to email us at infotheoryparanormal.com. And as always, don't be afraid to ask questions.